Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Welcome to the Iron Brew Podcast. Brad Mel, Matt Ellis, and for the first time this season, it's Neil Wright, and it's finally time for our preview episode with only, as we record this, one day to the first league game of the season. So, Neil, how are you doing? I'm very well, chaps. Thank you. Um, been an interesting summer. I'd just like to say on record, the work you guys have done over the summer was absolutely fantastic. Some excellent listening. But yeah, I mean, it was an interesting summer, wasn't it? Uh, lots of bodies in the door. Yeah, let's um, let's just see what happens. I'm quite confident that we can possibly have a half-decent season. Yeah, well, let's get some of your opinions, because obviously we've been chatting to you through the summer and in our sort of chats, but we've not done it on here. Obviously, a lot's changed since the last time you've been on the podcast. There's obviously the players, as you've just mentioned there, but also Neil Cox and Mark Lillis. So what are you thinking about those appointments? Do you know what? The, I, I heard the rumour that Cox was possibly coming in from Notts County. And when that announcement was made, a scunny boy at his hometown club, I thought it was a fantastic appointment. Um, I'm, really, I'm really happy with that. Listening to him pre-match and post-match, it's just like listening to Adkins. He he gets you enthused and he gets you excited. And then when I heard this rumour that possibly the giant Mark Lillis was coming as his number two, I thought, if we get that, then we've got two sound people in that dugout who are going to work hard. The boys are probably never going to have a pre-season like they've had. And I, I'm just full of confidence. Obviously, not lots of new bodies in. Um, I was pleased to see those that went Probably the release list was debatable. But I think we got rid of a lot of dead wood. Um, little disappointed with some early season injuries. Um, one I think was not a surprise. But I think I, the fans have just got to give them both a crack of the whip. I think I think Swan's learnt his lessons in past seasons. And I think the boys will still be here at the end of the season. I think, as you mentioned there, Neil being from Scunthorpe, I think that, in a way, will probably give him a little bit more time than uh, mm. some previous managers. Oh, without doubt. How could it not? He, you know, all right, he was he was a good player while he was here. You know, we made a decent amount of money for him when he went. But he's always been Scunthorpe through and through. And he's probably one of those, I don't know if you said it, I would, wouldn't be surprised if our result was one of the first ones he looked for every Saturday. And I think, as I said, the fact he's come back, He's a scunny boy through and through. Yeah, that's going to give him a chance. And hopefully that'll win the fans over a little bit as well because we know how fickle some of the fans can be. You know, a few bad results and everyone will be calling for his head. But I just hope that the fans get behind him, give him a chance and I think it'll be a decent season. Yeah, we'll come on to sort of predictions for the season in uh, a little bit later. I mean, there's no real structure to this one which is sort of looking at where we are because as we're recording this it's it's the Friday it's the game before the uh, the Newport game and so we've we've played all of our friendlies we've had the cup game last week against Port Vale obviously we chatted about that there was the midweek game against Lincoln in the EFL trophy the first of the group games in there uh, obviously that game ended 1-1 Tyler Cordner scored and then because there's the rule that's been placed about three or four years now 
that if a game ends in a draw in that competition, you have a penalty shootout to get a bonus point. I guess so that the league gets determined in the end, see who goes through from the group. Uh, we didn't win that shootout. And I think some very, very poor reading on from Iron Stats, wasn't there, about uh, how we get on in shootouts. Badly, <laughs> for some reason. Um, yeah, it's a bit of a weird one, really. I think we generally we, we played pretty well, didn't we? I think, you know, we scored a goal, we only conceded one, which is decent, you know, compared to what happened last time against Lincoln. I'm not really sure, honestly, what the difference was in, in personnel for Lincoln. I don't think it was quite as, as strong a team as, as the earlier defeat in pre-season. But, um, you know, it's a draw, isn't it? And it's, it's, it's not a loss, so it's a plus. But really, you, you, everybody just wants to see what's going to happen on Saturday, really, because I think that'll be the... The real marker, really. I mean, it's still everything, in a sense, is still a bit of an unknown quantity. We're not quite sure, are we? We don't really know if Hurst knows. Uh, uh, oh. <laughs> ah, that's a long time ago. Jesus. Oh. Right. This is twice. It. You no, I'm keeping that in. You've done this uh, twice now. <laughs> mate, I, I just woke Fantastic. up, lads. Bear with me. Fantastic. <laughs> I'm not, you know, I don't know if if Cox knows his first eleven at the minute. You know, we, we've seen different formations, we've seen different personnel, and and you'd like to think that Saturday will be kind of a little bit of an outline for the beginning of the season in terms of the personnel he's going to play, injuries permitting, of course. Um, so it'd be quite quite nice to see. It was it'll nice to see how we set up and and how we go because he, if you remember, he promised all out attack, didn't he, at some point in pre-season? So let's see how that goes. Um, so it'd be quite interesting, and, and I'd like to see two up front. Uh, on Saturday against Newport, who are a good team, they're, they're experienced, and it is it will be a test. It's, it's it's a tough game for the first game of the season for a relatively inexperienced squad like ours with a relatively inexperienced manager like ours. Um, so it'll be it'll be interesting to see the way he approaches it. But I think that you know you can see throughout preseason that the the players have been committed. There's been no problem in motivation, you know, anything like that. They they're all moving in the right direction. So it will be interesting to see how it happens and, and what happens when it actually starts, you know, proper on Saturday. I think you're right, Matt. I, I think he's probably got an idea what his starting eleven is going to be from the entire squad. But obviously, you know, there are some key players that are injured at the minute. But I, the one thing that I've taken out of it, and I haven't seen any of it on, on iFollow, I've listened, um, they seem committed. They seem like they know where each other are on the pitch and the big problem we've had in past seasons there was those 11 statues on a pitch and nobody knew where the other player was going to be and I think given time it's going to take a few games but I think once he finds his starting 11 and as long as they remain injury free I think we could get a good run going. As you said the we we've been accustomed to teams in the past few seasons that have, as you said, Neil, being a bit like statues. They they look like they're kind of disjointed. They look like they've never played together before. Um, but we've not seen that at all in pre-season. Um, even though you know a lot of the players are relatively inexperienced, we've got quite a few new players coming in. Um, we've not seen that. That doesn't seem to have been a problem. So you can tell the different management styles really can. You know, Cox is is going to motivate the same way that Atkins might have done, and you know, there's going to be no passengers. It just will not be permitted. You know, it it will not be. And there's quite a lot of competition in the squad. It's a relatively large squad. So if somebody's not pulling the weight, you know, they're not going to be in there. They're not going to be left in there for five or six games. They're going to be out the next game, and somebody else is going to come in and basically give it a go so it's the way it is is this competition they seem hungry they seem motivated so you're always going to get 100% which is something that we've honestly not seen for a while 
Let's be completely honest. So, and one of his early statements when he when he first got the job, I want to bring exciting attacking football yeah. back to Scunthorpe. I want to be playing four four two. I want to be playing exciting football, and that's the thing that got me. If that's what he does, we're in for a fantastic season. I think we've seen examples of it already. What you were saying there, Matt, about the team looking, you know, together and and up for it and everything. We were talking in our last episode, weren't we, about Port Vale, where there was four players making the debut, but it didn't seem like they were making a debut. It seemed like they'd been here a while, and I think that's you know great. Uh, that's great and, and testament to what you were just saying, but also. Uh, for players that have been here already, and I'm thinking specifically of uh, Ryan Colclough, I think it's you know it's a big season for him, uh, but also he's been getting the chances in these games. And you look at that Port Vale match, uh, you know he was playing. We said he was out of position quite a lot of the time, but he was you know he was going for it, wasn't he? He was still doing it all the way through. And I think we've not really chatted about him yet in these sort of pre-season podcast episodes. So let's have a little time on him because I think it's quite a it, it's definitely a big season for him. For me, he was the one player that constantly looked frustrated when he was on the pitch last season. And we know what talent he's got. We saw it in flashes. And I think, yeah, it's a big season for him. It's a big season for a number of the players that have been in for a while, to be honest. Um, but yeah, I think if Cole Clough can, can do what we know Cole Clough can do, then yeah, I think he'll, he'll grow in confidence and he'll be the player that, that we all know he is. It's a, it's a big season for Colclough, but it's it's not only just a big season for Colclough, it's a big season for the club regarding Colclough because we've paid a lot of money for him and he's been on a fair whack of wages every week. Um, you know, so it will be interesting to see how he performs. But, you know, th- th- there seems to be some sort of, you know, I'm sure the best way to describe it really, but, bec- you know, if he has a good start to the season, um, there has to be then scope to see if we can offload him in January. This might sound a bit cynical. We don't even start the season yet, but realistically, at some point, we've got to try and recoup our losses. And if recoup our losses, and if that's for a really good season for him, then absolutely fantastic. And he helps us move up the league, then you're going to get a little bit of value out of him. But if that means that he has a good season up until January, which may well be on his agenda, because I think, well, I've been here a while, not really doing anything. I'm fully fit now. You know, It's still going to take him a few games to get back into his stride because he had a serious injury. You know, and, and obviously then Corona, and it's, it's going to be start-stop for him. But now, hopefully, he'll get a decent shot, a decent a decent going team, which would you expect for a player as good as Cove Clough has been, obviously, yet. Not yet to show that here, so he must have that. He's like, yeah, if, if I if I play really well up until January, there's going to be a few people sniffing around. People know who he is. He's still a decent age, you know. So, in <clears throat> he won't, he may well be able to engineer a move and then get another decent contract. But you know, it's win win for us really because if he does that, we get a bit of money back. But also, if he plays well, then he helps to move up the league, which is important because we've not really seen anything from Colclough, and everybody knew how good it was. It's just been so frustrating that he's not been able to display it so it would be nice to see him get a run in the team and to see him put in some performances and and you know as you said Brad he, he's he started most of the games he's got a lot of game time in pre-season which is nice to see which shows that Cox obviously likes him he's been playing out on the wing for the most part which is good you know a really nice assist against Port Vale for uh, for lost goal which is, is textbook Colclough which is what we want to see and we want to see players and strikers get into the box and it's, it's, it's a good setup and it'll work because we've got those kind of players that will be in the box you know the target men etc etc and Colclough will work really well with that so it'll be interesting to see how it gets on and I think that Give him five games, solid games, if he's fit enough, injury permitting, which is 
been fine so far, then we might start to see that the player that we we paid money for really. And I think a lot of Scunny fans want that because at the minute he's still kind of he's still a little bit off the radar, isn't he? Because nobody quite knows what you're going to get for him. But you know, he could prove to be a really important player this season. Well, I think you're right because the thing is, he's he's been here quite a while now, and he came in, didn't he, as the replacement for Dwayne Holmes? And at the time when Holmes left, when Wallace left, you know, Townsend all in that summer he was the only one that realistically we thought, yeah, actually we've got a good replacement here. We have replaced like for like when Dwayne left. So yeah, just as you were saying, we've not really seen it. And I guess in many ways, maybe that's why we're sort of holding on to the hope that actually he can do something for us because when he initially came in, we were all basically saying that actually, yeah, it's not too bad that Holmes has gone. Obviously we'd rather keep him, but it's not too bad Holmes has gone because we've got this player. And you'd like, you'd like to think, think that you'll see that now he, he, you know, <clears throat> at risk of, of, of mentioning the old cliche I'll be like a new sign but I think genuinely in this case he might be I think he himself will feel that this is the season he's got a chance to do what he knows he can do and you're right probably some fans will be surprised by what you said about, about January but yeah if he can have a good season up to January put us say say we're in mid-table and he can go we can get some money for him for once, we have got the strength in depth within the squad that if he went, we could afford to lose him, I think. Well, I think in theory, and especially in the position that he's in, you're absolutely right there, Neil, because we've got Easter and Colclough and this sort of hypothetical situation of moving one of them on in January, it could be either one of them, really. Absolutely. And, and for once, if one of them did go, we wouldn't miss them, would we? Hopefully not. I mean, let's talk about another player, actually, similar position, and that's Gilead. And obviously, I, I really like Gilead. We know this. It, you know, we, we've talked about him quite a lot. The thing that we haven't mentioned so far in relation to him is that the last couple of games, uh, he's be, I think the Lincoln game, wasn't it? And, and also the Port Vale game, uh, that he was captain. And now, I don't know if this is uh, a permanent thing, because obviously when we interviewed Peter Swan, he essentially inferred that Jordan Clark was a club captain. Um, obviously, he made that decision. It remains to be seen if Neil Cox is to have an on-pitch captain, if that is Clark potentially, obviously still injured, so we don't know. We don't know if Gilead is vice or if he is actually the captain. But either way, he was captain for those two games. I think it's probably likely he'll be captain again tomorrow. Uh, and I, th- I think for me, that's that's a great decision because we were we were wondering, you know, who it was going to take up the armband. And yeah, I think he works really hard. He, you never question his commitment, do you? So I think I think and he's in a good position on the pitch for that sort of leadership role. So for me, I'm I'm quite happy with that if he is captain. Well, it's, it's quite are... interesting this, actually, Brad, because if, if you remember, um, Clark was appointed club captain before Cox was appointed, I'm pretty sure. So it would suggest that perhaps Gilead is the manager's captain. <clears throat> that would make sense. And obviously, as you said, he's going to be on the pitch, isn't he? He's got a pretty good fitness record. You know, we're hoping he's not going to get injured. So you'd like to think that he will be the captain for most of the season because we obviously we don't know how, how often Clark is going to be on the pitch for obvious reasons. Um, so it would suggest that Gilead would be the manager's choice. I think he's one of the few players last season that did shine, that did give 100%. His work rate was phenomenal. And he was quite vocal. I don't know if you noticed it. He was vocal when he was on the pitch. So I think, yeah, giving Gilead, whether he's the on-pitch captain or whatever. And I think you're right, Matt. I think, yeah, Clark was given the captain's job before Cox arrived. He probably is Cox's favoured captain. And I think, again, it's a massive opportunity for him. And I think he'll enjoy it. 
Right, let's sort of start moving towards some predictions then, if we like, because let's yeah, but let's look at the let's look at the position that we're at. So, in first of all, let's talk. Let's start with the squad. Now, we mentioned in the last one that we think there's probably still going to be uh, uh, some outgoings because, as we said, it's it's a very big squad. So, I wouldn't be surprised to see that, uh, and also maybe one or two incomings as well. Um, Neil, what about you? Where do you think we stand uh, with our the strength of the squad at the minute? I think the squad is stronger than it's certainly been in previous seasons. There's this big emphasis, obviously, was going to be on youth. I think we've seen that without even having to dip into the under-23s. Um, yeah, you're right. There's a couple of key positions I think we still need to be looking at. Um, one of them I don't think we'll go into because it just seems to be the position we talk about every season. Um, but I quietly am confident. I mean, I've seen, I've seen the predictions from various people. I think a mid-table finish would not be unrealistic. And if it, if that's where we finished, it would have been a great season for me as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, it's interesting because last year we got it horribly wrong. I know <laughs> I did. Uh, I think I went for like fourth or something. I like think that, we all was... said about fourth or fifth. We all we? said... We were we all off. said... We all said playoffs. I think. It was it was at the live show, wasn't it? And yeah. actually, that um, <laughs> nobody. Well, despite the fact we just brought it up there, nobody <clears> needed to know that because uh, I think, if I remember rightly, uh, there were some tech issues with the with the re-record. So I'm not entirely sure that episode went out in the end. <laughs> yeah, it destroyed the tape anyway. <laughs> yeah, just as well, just as well. Well, I mean, you know, the 300 people that came to our live yeah. event will know. Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> so it's the, the best the, podcast all season. <laughs> yeah, so the shame is is still alive. But anyway, yeah, I, I think I, I'm going to say um, for me this season, I'm going to go 12th. Um, and it, it might be a touch optimistic, but I think it's relatively realistic. I think we will be all right. I, I don't think we're going to get relegated. And I don't think we'll be in a relegation battle. I, I just, the only thing I'm still concerned about, I mean, we, this, despite some of the, you know, really decent performances in pre-season, um, I still think we, we lack experience. Uh, there's no way around that. We we just do. It's, it's, you know, whatever interpretation of experience you like. I know the chairman said, well, you know, you know Gilly has played X amount of games, surely he's the experience. But we're talking about players with a bit of a wise head, you know, Coming Age, towards, basically. yeah, exactly. So it's thirty-two, thirty-three, or something like that. That kind of area that we we genuinely don't have in the team at the minute. Um, Kev's the oldest player at twenty-nine, and he's obviously injured at the minute. But you don't generally look to him for experience. You know, just to respect to Kev. Um, so it, it's, it's still something we lack. And and I thought that this would have been addressed by now. And I'm a little bit disappointed it hasn't been. Even if that was just the case of bringing, you know, if it was just a midfielder who, who's, who's you know, got a bit of experience, that kind of thing. But we just didn't bring it in. Obviously, still concerned, always perpetually concerned about the goalkeeper situation at this club. I'm still concerned about it. I'll say it again. I, I I think we should have brought in an experienced keeper. I'll leave it at that because we've. I'll second it. you there, Matt. I'll second yeah. you. I it think it's still a position. Horse, yeah, exactly. It's a position that still worries me. Yes, yeah, it's what we can't. It is what it is. I mean, yeah. I think Watson's been all right in preseason. To be quite honest, he's not been terrible. He made that absolutely whatever the hell it was that um, mistake against Lincoln where he just went wandering into no man's land. But apart from that, he's been pretty solid. He's pulled off some good saves. As you said, Neil, it's uh, it's a make-or-break season for him, but I thought it was a make-or-break season for him last season and probably the season before, and it's not broken yet, which is 
incredible anyway. So we'll see how we get on. Um, the defence looks relatively solid. We will see how we get on again because there's some unknown unknown entities in there, really. We're still not sure about the left-back situation. More, um, you know, if it's going to be butchered, there's not a huge amount of cover for him or experience again. Um, but I'll just bring I just want to bring up there just on that point because on the Tuesday night, Lincoln, Mason and Marley play needed actually very well. So I wouldn't be surprised to see him there. But equally, I do agree. It's it's quite slim at left back. Yeah, and it, and it is. Um, but you know, we have to give players like Butchard a chance. He's waited long enough. He's he's got a bit of quality about him. Clearly, it's another big season for him. Um, he's still young, isn't he? He's twenty one, twenty two, or something like that. So he's he's, he's still young, and but it's it's going to be a big season for him. And I would expect him to start on Saturday. Um, it would not surprise me, which is absolutely fine. Midfield, again, we've got quality midfield, but as I said a second ago, you know, a bit of lack of experience. We've got some real attacking quality midfield. We've got some attacking quality in forwards as well. You know, obviously, you've got McAtee, you've got Kev when he comes back. Loft, as you said, looks pretty solid. We've got some unknown entities in there, which include the chap from Yeovil. And obviously, we've got Turan as well, which is, Another unknown entity could go either way. Nobody really knows. Um, but again, you've got to give him a chance. You've got to give Cox a chance to work with him to see how they get on. So it's it's just kind of a landscape that we're not used to really because of Corona and then a manager that's a little bit inexperienced, you know, um, and the team that's really, really young with a lot of players in that we don't know a huge amount about. So it's been very, very difficult to predict where we're going to come this year. Mm-hmm. Um, it... it you know, it is what it is. It's it's not an issue. I think that it's nice that we've gone in a different direction because before I know we've complained about bringing experienced players in who were basically, you know, waste these. They're just coming in to top up the pinch and they never really contribute much that we can see on the pitch. We've moved away from that and we've got players that should be young, that should be hungry. They've got a point to prove. So, and, you know, so we have to give it a chance. And I think that based on that, it, I do relatively optimistic. As as you said, Neil, I, I like the way that Cock talks in, in his in his post and pre-match interviews, he's enthusiastic. There's a bit of Atkins in him, you know, uh, and and he's got an affinity with the club and with the town, which is important. So, you know, above all, I mean, he, he has to be given time again, um, if it's not quite well, but as well as we expect. But there, there is the worry that if we string a few defeats together, we've said this, there's not a huge amount of experience in the, in this, in the squad to help turn that around. So let's hope that doesn't turn into a bit of a... Sp- a bit of a spiral, hopefully not, but we will see. But yeah, I think based on that, I would expect sort of mid-table, about 12. I'm going to go 12, that's what I'm going to say. But I think that there's the scope to be slightly lower mid-table, but also there's the scope because we've got quality in the squad um, and because the the league this season, it looks relatively strong, but we don't know how Corona has affected each club, you know. So it's, it is... Everything is a little bit of an unknown entity and a little bit hard to predict. But I would say 12th with the scope to either finish two or three places below that or one or two places above that. And if we can sort of hit mid-table, and I think it would have been a pretty successful season given everything, you know, taking everything into account. And then that would represent a very positive season for Cox in his first season as a manager. And then you can look forward to having stability next season with Cox and Liz in charge and the bulk of the players retained but with a lot of our young players given the chance in the first team. And obviously you'll see massive improvements for that. So that's what I would expect. I think you're right what you're saying, Matt. Although we have gone with youth and we knew we were going to go with youth, 
I still am a little bit disappointed, like you say, in midfield, that we haven't got a Dawson-esque, a Bishop-esque, a midfield general who can, who's got the experience, can see a lot from the back and just take the young lads by the scruff of the neck sometimes if they needed it, you know? And maybe there is still a chance to bring someone in. It's interesting for me that, that Cox hasn't gone back to Notts County at all, um, which I think is probably a good thing. I would, I would like to see at least another one or two acquisitions to the club, to be honest, yeah. I think where I'm at really considering it, actually just on the centre midfield point, I'll touch on that there. Uh, I was exactly the same as you, Neil. I thought, okay, we, we still need somebody there. From watching the Port Vale, I thought Vincent looks excellent. I think he's going to be really good. Uh, Spence was fine, uh, you know, alongside him. Those two seem to play quite well together. So I think that's okay. I do still think we might need someone else because, you know, one of them gets injured, sent off, anything like that. We are a little short. I know Tom Pugh is, Tom Pugh is good. And again, he had a good game Tuesday, but um, I think we might see somebody else brought in there. Uh, for me, I, I yeah I, I'm sort with you guys I think I think sort of mid table ish the thirteenth fourteenth that sort of thing a, a couple of months ago I would have probably gone a lot lower uh, given the situation but like you say Neil Cox has come in and it's not just the fact that it's you know it's a new manager so there's all of that but also the way that we've seen as we've said in this episode the squad seems to be playing you know together it seems a good atmosphere I think a point that Matt Blanchard made in the last episode specifically about Rory Watson where there being no fans you know helping him out really I think that could be something that's quite useful for some of the younger players especially I think there isn't the pressure that team can sort of just focus on themselves if you like so I think that's going to be a bonus for us going into the start Uh, when you look at the you know, some of the games we've had recently. First half at Lincoln on Tuesday was really good. Uh, invited quite a bit of pressure in the second half and uh, some need to adapt that because I think we got found out quite quickly. But the first half was very good. Um, the Port Vale game, although we lost and we conceded at unfortunate moments, for the most part of that one as well, I was quite impressed with that. There was, you know, a lot of, lot of attempts at some good movements. Uh, the players seemed to be working quite nicely together. Uh, we were saying, yeah, the Lincoln friendly, was that wasn't good. Uh, but prior to that, you know, we 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 won the under twenty three games, which I know it's here and there. It doesn't, you know, you never really know what the standard is of those. Uh, we lost a couple of the main games, but when we went into that Watford game on our episode that didn't actually end up going out, we were talking about saying, "Oh, well, we've just lost to Lincoln," you know, and it was quite a bad performance. They turned us over really four nil. If we lose at Watford as well, this could be, you know, quite a potential hammering. We're looking at five or six, and then yeah, we did lose, but it was, you know, it was one nil, and I think a performance like that for players that age, it's going to give them a lot of confidence. So I think going into the season off the back of the pre-season, it's, I, we've not necessarily had the results, but I think in terms of squad morale, it's going to be quite a good thing going into the Newport game. As you were saying, Matt, we don't know how it's affected other teams, not just coronavirus, but also the wage cap, you know, what that's going to do to squads and, you know, how they start how start players and setups and things like that. I would agree. I think Newport is going to be, you know, it's a tough start. And then we've got, is it, is it Crawley and Carlisle, I think? Yeah. Yeah. So it's not, it's not an easy start. And then we'll, we'll come on to some of those games in a minute because there's another bit I want to talk about. But yeah, I'm with you. I think going into, ending the season, sort of 13th, 14th, even 12th, it's, I'd say that's probably where we're going to be. I'm a lot more optimistic than I was a couple of months ago, having seen you know the way we've gone about the summer. I'm not convinced that this particular team can make any real challenge yet for sort of 
not necessarily playoffs, but also maybe top half, because I think even though we are going in the right direction, as we were saying, a big thing about the, the Port Vale one, and to an extent Lincoln, was that we, we're sort of getting it in the box, but we're not quite in the positions to finish it off yet. And that's probably something that will come within the first month or so. You'd hope so anyway. But just at the minute, I think we just need to change it ever so slightly. But yeah, I will go... I'll go mid-table, I think. Um, I'm going to read out a couple of other predictions because Andy at Ironstats, he's actually collated them into a nice uh, graphic here. And I'll just read them out so you can sort of see where other people are you know, predicting that we'll finish at the end of the season. Um, the highest on this list is at the top here. It's EFL Hub and they're predicting 11th. Off the line blog, 16th. 4-4-2, obviously pedigree behind that magazine, 17th. Odd checker, 18th. D3-D4 Football, who I used to write for, actually they're saying 19th. Um, a fella called Edward, 20th, Empty Seats, 20th, Match Mind, 20th, uh, Football Lab, that's Gabriel, isn't it, 21, EFL Numbers, 21st, and uh, NTT, 20 Pod is 23rd. So the majority of those predicting us in and around sort of 20th, that lower half of the table near relegation. What, what do you make of that? I'm going to go with that. I, th- I think that, that it's, it's pretty fair, uh, let's be honest, based on... Uh, what we've seen um, and and some of the issues that we've just spoken about, I don't think it's it's unrealistic. I think that what well, you know about what was it the top one there that agreed with with generally what we said it was yeah, on the table, yeah, mm. which is yeah, which is fine. I think that yeah, I, I think that that's that's kind of what we can expect. I've I've read a few previews and and from kind of people on, on Twitter etc cetera, etc cetera, and they've 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 generally gone with about the same, and and I think that's you know that's fair, isn't it? And I think that there's nothing that's wildly unfair there um, based on what we've seen and based on how we've performed in the last two seasons you know we've obviously we've been relegated for League One and we've been at the bottom end of League Two um, pretty much for the you know, past two seasons so, and, and there's been no, no major change really so uh, <clears throat> yes I think that that's absolutely fine and uh, as I said I, I still think we're going to be about you know pretty much bang on mid-table maybe a little bit lower as you said as well Brad Um but it's 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 difficult for, even for these these places the the people who are writing these articles and coming up with these predictions it's difficult for them as well because it's, it's still as I said again it's still a bit of an unknown so I think that there's there's going to be a few teams in in League Two that are going to surprise a lot of people um, I don't know if one of them will be us you know I mean obviously I'd love for it to be the case but I just don't think it will be but it'd be, it'd be interesting it will be interesting to see how we get on because it is such it's such a, a, a different it's going to be such a different season with, with obviously no fans in and at the minute it doesn't look likely that there's going to be any fans in anytime soon because of the the recent restrictions that were levied by the government um, so it, it just means that we get to, to sit at home and you know watch it with a beard isn't it for me it's going to take you know it, you always give it six to eight games just to see how the how the team has team has settled down this season with all these youth that's come in and a little bit of inexperience it's got to be a season to rebuild not not just the team but to rebuild confidence to rebuild confidence in the football world to to get the team back at least with a mid-table finish to then be in a position the season after to push on and push for a playoff position. Let's just move forward ever so slightly because as we're saying, the league starts tomorrow as we're recording this. And let's just look at the, the rest of September really because we've got we've got Newport, haven't we, first and then Crawley and Carlisle and I think tucked in there is the Man City game as well. Um, obviously, we drew the Lincoln one uh, lost the penalty shootout, of course. I I still would like to see us, you know, attempt 
something in this this cup, uh, and I think the Man City game is uh, an opportunity for that. I mean, I was, we were at the, we had them last season as well in a group. It was the one where we won three 0 There was a bit of a slanging match between Kevin, one of their players, regarding money. I think in the press afterwards, he scored yeah. some great goals as he always does in in that one. Uh, but you know, I think where last season I thought, okay, it's Man City under twenty threes in theory they're potentially the best in the country. We we were very comfortable against them. So I would hope that we'd get a result against them. I think in terms of the league fixtures, um, I, I would I was with you with what you were saying earlier, Matt. I think Newport is a is a tough start. Uh, not necessarily that it's, you know, winnable. I don't think anything's like that at the minute, as we've been saying, you know, we don't know how teams uh, you know, have adapted to this. And then you look at Crawley and Carlisle, and again, it's it's really difficult to predict, isn't it? Um, I think, how important is September, you know, getting a couple of results under the belt? Because when you look at October, it's basically Saturday, Tuesday, all the way out, isn't it? I think yeah. September's a big September. I think we have to at least, okay, I'll stick my neck on the line. I think we've got to work, but at least we get a point tomorrow. Uh, going to Crawley is never easy. Uh, I don't think I've ever had a pleasant trip to Crawley. Obviously, none of us are going this season. But that's a game... We've got to get a result out of the Crawley game. And I think if we can go into... If we can get at least four or six points out of the first two games, I think the confidence will build within the side as well. Mm. Yeah, I think that because we've got so many games coming so fast, we need to have a positive start. Because, as, as yeah. I said earlier, that if, if, if we start going on a little bit of a losing streak, it's, it's going to be in the first instance, difficult to get out of because of the lack of experience in the squad. So I think it is really important that we have a positive start. You know, if, if that's with a with a win against Newport tomorrow, which obviously everybody, hopefully it will be the case. And I, I don't see why not. It's, it's a winnable game. As you said, Brad, it's, it's, it's going to be a tough game, but it's definitely a winnable game. Uh, but I think it's important we get off to a good start and, and, you know, just just for the young players, but also for the, for the management team as well, um, because you know what the last couple of results have been, you know, a bit hit and miss really. And I think it is important to start well. And I think that as long as tomorrow, as as long as we everybody puts in a hundred percent, which is what's been happening so far. But as long as we attack as well, nobody wants to nobody wants to watch defensive football at home. But everything seems to point to the fact that that's what's going to be the case. So as long as we see some entertaining and attacking football tomorrow, then then let's hope, you know, we'll get a result out of it because some of the football we've been playing in, in the um in the pre season period is has been really positive and there's been some nice, you know, some nice plays, some nice passes to play, some some nice passing. I think a lot of it has come from Vincent um because he, he he's kind of that midfielder who's who's a bit of a technician, isn't he? And he looks to play he looks to play the ball on the ground and, and we've got a we've got a decent amount of pace towards the top end of the pitch. So if, if we can get behind Newport, then I think that's the best way to go. I think also, I know there's no fans in the stadium, but six of the first ten games are all at home. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you know Establish ourselves at, at Glanford. Sorry, San Siro. Let's let's just get you know six home games. Let's hope we can get at least four wins out of those six. Mm, hopefully, um, I think that's probably just about it for this one. We'll keep it short because uh, obviously we're going to do another one in about two days, aren't we? When we review the Newport game, uh, has anybody got any sort of closing remarks in regards to prediction or starting the season or anything like that? I just want the fans to be patient. At the end of the day, as I said before, I've said it earlier, I think Swan's learnt his lessons. We've been rash throughout the last couple of seasons. Just fans, just be patient. We've got Cox. He lives and breathes Scunthorpe now. Um, let's just give him a chance. I think, yeah, I think that the, the the attitude, Neil, towards that, you know, towards the patience for the manager, it's, it's moving in the right direction. We did 
definitely see a tangible amount of patience from fans with Hurst before he was let go. And I think that that was, that would have been kind of rewarded because as we know, he didn't go for football in reasons. It was a bit of a, it, whatever it was, it was a falling out or a disagreement with a chairman, whatever it's, it's, it's in the past now. But I think that we, if, if that was a few seasons ago, he would have gone early because we, you know, we had an absolutely horrendous start to the season, didn't we? And I think that he, despite mm. that, I still felt that the, still felt that the patience was there. Um, so let's hope that that continues with Cox. Let's hope we have a good start to the season because, as I said, it's, it's really, really important. And I think that people didn't really warm to Hurst that much. Um, you know, he was a bit kind of distant and he, he's not particularly charismatic, is he? Um, however, he's that's a lot... the opposite of Cox, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, it's the opposite of Cox, yes. And, and Cox yeah. is, is a bit more... He's, he's a bit more like Atkins. People warm to him a lot more and, and the, the affinity with the town and the club is going to help as well and, and, and the kind of chaining attitudes that we've tried everything else. You know, this this is what we haven't tried, a relatively inexperienced up-and-coming manager or coach in you know, to, to take us forward. So th- this is going to be the ticket that works. And I think that the way it's going to work is going to be the patience from the fans. And I think that's that's most important. So even if we have a poor start, we still, we just need to be patient. Uh, and I think that's, that's going to be absolutely key. But let, let's hope that we don't need it and let's hope that we start really well. Yeah, absolutely. And as we said, we'll be back in, well, probably a couple of days now. And then we're, we're into the season proper, aren't we? League football from now on. So thank you very much for listening to this. Uh, hopefully our predictions are somewhat accurate, but if not, hopefully they can be bettered. I mean, it won't go any worse than last year, will it? So right, thank you very much for listening to this and we'll see you on the next one. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 